a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Welcome to this edition of Global Business in Shanghai in Beijing. Coming up on the program. Manufacturing surge. China's manufacturing sector experiences a significant boost, with the Taising Purchasing Managers Index hitting a four-month high of 50.8 in December. Holiday boost. Consumption during the New Year holiday has skyrocketed across China, setting new records in box office sales, tourism numbers, and various other consumer activities. Private push. China's top economic planner, the National Development and Reform Commission, meets in Jinjiang, Guangzhou, to explore strategies for promoting high-quality development of the private economy. We begin our program by looking into the latest PMI numbers. The Taising Purchasing Managers Index for China's manufacturing sector rose to a four-month high in December at 50.8. A figure above 50 indicates expansion. December's figure was slight,、uh, a slight but meaningful improvement from November's 50.7, as it pointed to a sustained momentum in China's massive manufacturing business. An official press release attributed the moderate uplift partly to a stronger rise in new orders seen in December. Firms said improved market conditions and greater client spending have propped up sales and production. Despite improvements on both demand and supply sides, employers were still cautious on staffing levels. Taising's senior economist Wang Zhe said that the overall economic outlook for China's pillar manufacturing sector continued to improve. Wang also said expanded policy support should bode well for economic growth in the new year. The economic performance of China in 2023 and the outlook for the country's growth in 2024 have garnered significant interest. Our Guanxin spoke to Xia Le, the chief economist for Asia at BBVA Research, to gather his insights on China's accomplishments in 2023. Dr. Xia, how would you characterize China's economic performance in 2023? What are the most significant achievements of Chinese economy, and how have they shaped the economic outlook for 2024?、Uh, yes, I think、um, for many people,、uh, this year is a year of full of.、Uh, Surprised. For example, now I realize that the Chinese manufacturing sector is the world-class one. Okay, China is very likely to beget, become the largest、uh, exporter of automobile of this、mm. year. Okay, we export a lot of the EVs. We also export a lot of the traditional、uh, cars. So that's a very big achievement for us.、Uh, in addition,、uh, if you look at、uh, other manufacturing sector, for example. The shipbuilding and、uh, on the、uh, semiconductor sectors, although other countries they impose some sanctions of this、uh, key、uh, tax, but uh, uh, China continue to make this a、uh, breakthrough. Think about Huawei.、Mm-hmm. So all this one, if we put it together, I think、uh, we can see that the Chinese manufacturing sector is world class one. And in terms of the aggregate. Size of the China continue to contribute around one third of new created GDP to the world.、Mm. Okay, that uh, uh, helped to stabilize the world economy. So overall,、uh, this year's、uh, world economy is、uh, very stable thanks to Chinese、uh, stable growth.、Mm. Okay, I think that's the main achievement I can read from 
Chinese economy. Mm. And China has also continued to deepen reforms of its financial sector. How do you perceive the progress of China's financial reforms and their impact on the stability and the resilience of the financial sector? In 2015, we have some market correction, we have a some depreciation of RMB. And from then, I think the Chinese authorities start to reform the financial sector. But they, they are doing that gradually, step by step. So far, even during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic period, we see the Chinese uh, uh, financial sector, they have been very stable. Okay, they, they show strong resilience to withstand the external shocks. But of course, I think uh, to put China to transit from the previous uh, growth model to a new high quality growth model, of course, we need, need a more competitive financial sector, right? The most important part is banks, especially the big banks. If you can uh, have some policy initiative to encourage these uh, big banks to lend to these uh, SMEs, definitely you should do that one. I think there's still room for the authorities to do it. The New Year holiday has witnessed a surge in consumption with box office sales, tourism numbers and various consumer activities reaching new highs. Our reporter Olivia He is in the studio with more details about the consumption market's performance. During the three-day New Year holiday, a wide range of entertaining activities are booming, such as catering, traveling, movies, live houses and many more. You may need to have done your homework to even have a chance of getting tickets of certain events. In Beijing, many popular restaurants saw an overwhelming demand, with over 500 tables occupied during lunchtime and hundreds more waiting for dinner service. Meituan, China's largest online food delivery company, reported a staggering 230% increase in dining consumption during the New Year holiday compared to the same period last year. The surge mirrors the broader trend of recovery and growth in the consumer market. The entertainment sector, particularly the film industry, also experienced a surge in, po in popularity during New Year holiday. The total box office sales on New Year's Day reached 1.5 billion yuan, setting a new record for the same period. Shining for One Thing emerged as the top grossing movie during the holiday, generating 608 billion yuan in box office revenue, followed by Johnny Keep Walking and Goldfinger. This performance further highlights the robust consumer market and a heightened demand for entertainment during the holiday season. The tourism sector also witnessed a significant rebound. Official data shows domestic trips surged by more than 150% compared to the previous year, reaching 135 million. Tourism revenue doubled to nearly 80 billion yuan and the number of inbound and outbound travelers reached approximately 5.2 million, returning to pre-pandemic levels seen in 2019. Despite cold weather conditions across various regions, ice and snow activities proved to be exceptionally popular among tourists. Cities such as Beijing and Shanghai, as well as snow-covered destinations like Harbin and northeast China's Heilongjiang province, emerged as top choices for New Year's travel. The highlights from the New Year's holiday reflect the resounding success of the consumption market. And now, wishing our audience a happy New Year. It's back to you now, Michelle. All right. Happy New Year to you too, Olivia. Thanks so much for the update.
Now for more discussions on the latest economic data from China, we're joined by Chu Chang, Research Fellow at the Beijing Foreign Studies University. Hello there. Um, so how is the Taixing Manufacturing uh, PMI different from the official PMI released yesterday? Um, for the ones that are not familiar, how, how are they differently calculated? And what does it in indicate about China's manufacturing sector? Well, uh for our audience, I think we have to know that uh, the statistical bureaus, uh, the data, they collected from the, the scaled industry, the big industries. Uh, so they showed the stability of the Chinese uh, economy. But Taiping, more of their samples have come from the you know small and medium-sized uh, economy and also the frontier market. So the data actually from Taiping are always being seen as a precursor of the change of the Chinese economy. And the data actually showed that, that the market is back and also the uh, Manufacturing uh, industry is also uh, rebounding, even though from the Statistical Bureau's data, uh, the data has been, uh, been a little bit slow because of the uh, international uh, commodities prices are dragging uh, behind. But also Taishin's number shows that uh, the market is back online. And also I've done my own homework for a while uh, on this holiday. I walked to several uh, wholesale and uh, retail market myself and asked lots of the shopkeepers. And their answer is actually within our expectation and very much in line with the Taishin's data. Most of the uh, you know, shopkeepers telling me uh, this holiday, the business is really good. People are just coming back. The families swoop in and buy a lot of things for celebration. And, uh, you know, the business are, you know, more than more like three years ago. So we have all this confidence to see that uh, the market is warming up and 2024 is really some year we can expect on. Yeah. And when we talk about manufacturing in China, a lot of focus now is on structural adjustment. So how do these aspects contribute to high quality development in the manufacturing industry? And how do these adjustments enhance the quality and efficiency of manufacturing development? Yes, indeed. Yeah, from the data, we do see a very, uh, you know, clear sign of the uh, a two paths going on. One is the high-tech and uh, tech-savvy manufacturing of all kinds of equipment. You know, the export are booming, and domestic demand is very strong out there. That's for sure. And this trend has keeping on for more than two years. And also for this low-end and the old industries, we see the data are still uh, slow, especially the one. Uh, surrounding the uh, property market industry. So I think right now Chinese, uh, the whole structure of economy is in the face of the shifting gears. And I think this tax savvy, this new productivities of the manufacturing is really important to drive Chinese economy forward in this coming new year. The reason why we call this new productivities is the first thing uh, from the uh, business model, from the uh, profit, it's new because if you build 10 old cars, it's only the profit of 10 old cars, uh, just a linear income at on the numbers. But if you build 10 EV, it's not only the income of 10 EV, it's a whole economy. I mean, you're going to develop the uh, smart road system, AI driving, lithium battery industry and everything. So you're not getting only the car uh, income of 10 cars, but or more like a one plus one to 100 or to 1000. It's going to be very big. And also it's externality and the cost is being uh, very small. And the more you use it, the cost is getting to marginal zero. It's like, um, you know, green, very little pollutants. And also um, the people will benefit a lot uh, by, by having this a uh, more healthy lifestyle. So more and more you will see you had higher cost and a lower, uh, you are going to higher income and lower cost. 
So by this new business model, we can support the next shift of the Chinese economy to go forward. Yeah, definitely. Now we were talking about China's consumption as well. Uh, what are some of the characteristic and highlights um, did you witness um, of this year's holiday consumption uh, in China? Well, apart from this 2P, a uh, 2B high-tech, you know, um, market in China, and uh, for you know our normal customers, I think this holiday shows us a very clear answer. Uh, I think I was still impressed by last January. Do you remember we made some report about how people just celebrate the New Year's Eve? There are more than millions of people out there in a square in the tourism resort celebrating the New Year. But this year, we're looking at more than two, uh, 200% of the people in China celebrating the uh, New Year Eve and more than 500% of the people going out of China for tourism purposes. I think the culture entertainment and also the knowledge economy, as well as probably uh, more uh, young people are focusing on the traditional Chinese medicine and therapy. Those things become the hot spot for this consumption. And we, we would like to call it uh, knowledge plus the good deal. You spend not too much of money, but also you get yourself a good deal. You get yourself a very comfy, healthy, but also a very you know, noisy <laughs> new year. So everybody can celebrate together. And this trend will continue on, uh, with this new year coming. So we're going to see more of the movies going to be popular. Box office is going to be hot. And also uh, healthy related industry like hiking, tourism will be good. And as well as for the culture and entertainment also will be more and more popular. And in the new year, what are some expectations and opportunities for the development of the consumption market uh, compared to the past? You mentioned about cultural and tourism. What will be some highlights, you think? Well, uh, according to our experience in the past 100 years, every time when economy is shifting gears in America and in Japan, you will find out always culture and entertainment to well be the hotspot, the King Kong, Mary Popping, and also the Sherwood Temple, and also the anime in Japan. They all popped out when they shifted gears and become the legend and IP heritage for the future culture in the country and for the nation. I assume that China will also do that. Just take a look. This year we have an epic, you know, cartoon. It's called Chang'an, Thirty Thousand Miles. It's become already a legend in the movie history of China. M meanwhile, Chinese people are paying more attention to their traditional culture and heritage. Just take a look. How many young people and aged people are walking outside celebrating the New Year, wearing their old hanfu, and also so many young people are right now going to the Chinese uh, medicine therapy and the. Uh, Chinese, you know, traditional hot top to celebrate the new year. It shows the traditional culture is coming back. And also the second thing worth our attention is what we call the good deal economy. Just like in uh, Europe, Zara happened when their economy is shifting gears. And also Uniqlo happened when their economy is shifting gears. In the future, we're going to see more of the Chinese good deal, uh, you know, products makers is also going to appear. For example, Xiaomi is doing very well. We see the mini cell is doing very well, and more of this brand is coming out, serving people's real need and providing people good quality to price ratio, you know, product. So this is going to be the winner in the future, and one of them probably is going to be, you know, the richest person or company in China in the future, like what they have seen in America, Europe, and Japan. Yeah, let's wait and see, and hopefully that will happen. Thank you so much for your insights. Please stay with us for more discussions later in the program. Still to come. Private Push, China's top economic planner, discusses ways to explore strategies for promoting high-quality development of the private economy.
world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global Business. Only on CGTN. The National Development and Reform Commission is holding a conference in Jinjiang, Quanzhou, to discuss the promotion of high-quality development of the private economy. Fujian's Quanzhou has been focusing on a market-oriented and export-oriented economy and a shareholding cooperative system, as well as mutual development of various economic sectors over the past 20 years. Influenced by the Jinjiang experience, the surrounding counties in Quanzhou have made breakthroughs in economic development and boosted Quanzhou's real economy. In 2022, the city's regional GDP exceeded 1.2 trillion yuan. For more updates on that, let's cross over to our reporter Gao Ang. Hi there, Gao Ang. So take us through more details of this meeting. Yes, Michelle. So a key message from the meeting is to promote the Jinjiang experience, to strengthen the private enterprises, and also uh, to encourage them uh, to strengthen their confidence and to boost the high-quality development uh, of the private economy. So officials at the meeting said they will build a market-oriented international and legal business environment to allow private entrepreneurs to uh, start business with confidence. And then at the same time, the representatives from the private sector are also calling for policy support for uh, technological innovation and for them to go global, to join the global competition and to build world-class brands. So, uh, the meeting also stressed the Jinjiang experience, which focuses on developing uh, industries and the real economy, and uh, at the same time to allow all types of firms to innovate and also uh, to promote entrepreneurial spirit. So the meeting is actually one of the latest efforts of, of China's endeavor to promote the private economy. In July, Chinese authorities have issued a guideline to boost the sector. And two months later, in September, China has set up, set up a new bureau under the NDRC, China's top economic planner, to strengthen policy coordination and also uh, to make sure the policies are implemented for the sector. And in, in December, China's Central Economic Work Conference again stressed the private economy's role in driving China's economy. So in 2024, there's definitely more to be expected for the sector. Michelle. All right. Thank you so much for the update. Gao Wang for us. Private economy has always been a key force in China's economic development. To get more details on the contributions of the private sector in Jinjiang, let's cross to our reporter Liu Xuelin in Quanzhou, Fujian province. So Xuelin, what specific messages did Chinese President Xi Jinping's 2024 New Year address convey to private enterprises in Quanzhou considering the emphasis on, the, on confidence, people's livelihood and a global vision? Well, President Xi's New Year message resonated deeply with private entrepreneurs in Quanzhou, uh, particularly when he expressed that having weathered the storm, the Chinese economy is more resilient and dynamic than before. Quanzhou is the birthplace of the Jinjiang experience, a concept closely associated with President Xi's efforts during his time in Fujian, where he visited Jinjiang seven times in six years, focusing on the development of the private economy. 
President Xi's involvement in summarizing the Jinjiang experience in 2002 during his tenure as the governor of Fujian has ever served as a blueprint to guide the development of Chuanzhou and also elsewhere in China. Additionally, President Xi highlighted several economic advancements in, this, in his New Year message, including the progress in homegrown brands, new energy vehicles, lithium batteries, and so on. All these are what Chuanzhou Enterprises are now working on. So, with the confidence delivered by the President Xi, Chuanzhou's private enterprises will continue the forging ahead and achieving new milestones in the upcoming year. Now, can you give us more details on the Chuanzhou's economic accomplishments over the past year, particularly in light of its renowned thriving private economy and coastal location? Well, uh, for years, Chuanzhou has blazed a path of regional development supported by the private economy and the real economy. By the end of 2023, the total number of business entities in Chuanzhou had, had soared to 1.5 million, securing the city's position among the top 10 in China for a decade. Notably, 9 out of 10 companies in Chuanzhou are private enterprises, and their, and their significant contributions to the city's economic landscape are evident. In 2023, these private enterprises accounted for 70% of the city's tax revenue, 80% of its GDP, 90% of research investment, and urban employment. Latest data shows that in 2023, the total revenue of the general public budget surpassed 100 billion yuan, with a year-on-year -year increase of 10.6%. So credit should be given to Chuanzhou's thriving private economy. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for the update, Liu Xuelin, for us in Chuanzhou, Fujian province. China has rolled out a series of policies to boost the growth of private enterprises. In August, China launched 28 measures to reduce tax and facilitate tax payment procedures for the private sector, especially small and medium-sized enterprises. One month later, the State Administration of Market Regulations published 22 measures to optimize the business environment, shore up policy support and improve the legal system for the sector. In November, the People's Bank of China and seven other departments jointly issued 25 policies to optimize financial support policies and improve financing to boost the private economy. Now for more discussions on private sector development in China, let's bring back our guest Chu Chang, research fellow at the Beijing Foreign Studies University. So first, how crucial are private enterprises to the growth of the Chinese economy? Well, we probably have heard of the uh, saying of, uh, you know, uh, five, six, seven, eight, right? Uh, mm -hmm. We have more than five, uh, 50 percent of the uh, Chinese, you know, uh, the uh, GDP comes from the private sector, more than 60 percent of the job employment and more than uh, 70 percent of the, uh, the R&D, you know, uh, putting down into this uh, economy come from the private sector. And I think this number is prob probably for a foreign audience is uh, a bit, bit uh, you know, strange. They're probably not very familiar with it. But if you come to China, well, if you really walk among us, you will see how prevailing the private sector is doing. You know, we're basically living and breathing with private sector in China after 50 years of the reform and opening up. Private sector actually played a very important and a vital role in every ordinary people's life and also in our nationals, 
you know, economic growth. Um, if you use your telephone, Huawei is a private company. If you use social media, TikTok and Tencent is a private company. If you pay uh, online, you use Alibaba and you know WeChat is a private company. So most of the important things come from the private sector. And in China, I mean, just to tell you, even though China is a socialist country, we have only you know less than half million, uh, half million, which is like a forty-seven. Uh, 470,000 of the uh, publicly owned enterprises, but we have more than 20, uh, 250 million of the, uh, of, we have 225, uh, sorry, 25 million of the private companies. And what we're counting is the private company with scales, and we didn't count in the Papa Mama shop and also the, you know, a little restaurant. So it shows in China, the majority, the vast majority, the most majority of the companies are private is very important and also Chinese government paid very much of the importance and attention to the private sector's development for example to provide them many of the favorable policies like uh, tax rebate continues this year and also the financing tools are supporting them from the stock market to uh, loan uh, tools so all this shows the government really attached importance to the development in the private sector and this policy I think will continue in the coming year and in many many years coming after that yeah. And through the development of China's private sector, what new traits are you witnessing um, in this current evolution of the private economy? Oh, I think there are many, uh, you know, the, what we call the favorable kids, uh, according mm -hmm. to our national economy's uh, development. I think number one is what we mentioned about the new quality productivity or uh, the tax heavy industries. Uh, you know, China is the world factory. China really pays attention to the high tech development and shifting gears. So if your company, you know, are actually in line with this kind of a sector, for example, you're doing AV, you're doing AI, you're doing a bioscience uh, technology, you know, uh, the capital market in China is basically are going to chase you, it's going to woo you instead of you to make presentations and to try to, you know, play some gigs to attract money. The money is going to run after you. And also the government also is providing lots of support for this kind of, you know, uh, startup companies, we give them a name, it's called the Little Giants. So it's more like a national plan to help you to grow. And, uh, you know, if you can meet certain standards and across certain threshold, like the job, uh, like the job numbers, or like the certain size and uh, 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 annually ROE, and then you will get the national help. And also the capital market also have the similar plans. I think this system is more like uh, your Tamil in Singapore. So the government or the capital market will bump together to help the private sector and the st startups with technology, with talents, and to meet the future trends of the future uh, economic development and technology development. So all this are happening uh, in today's China, and that's the reason why I think this year many foreign startups is coming back to China and foreign capital is coming back to China to seek for the new seeds and new buds uh, in the irrelevant uh, scientific area. Yeah, I like your optimism. Hopefully that will that will be the case. Thanks so much for the insights. Chu Chang, Research Fellow at the Beijing Foreign Studies University. And that will do it for this edition of Global Business. I'm Sean Vandenberg in Beijing.